On 11-16, SEN, the Four Diegos. G'day amigos and welcome to the Four Diegos here in 11-16, SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this uh, beautiful Wednesday night. Hey, and thanks to Finey, as always, a great show. And uh, Finey will be back tomorrow. And uh, thanks to Jeff Poulter and uh, Troy Zantuck as well on Before the Diego's. Vinny Venezuela, you got a nice uh, suntan there. <laughs> Thank you very much, Rodrigo. <laughs> yes, Warren, you've got a nice sunburn going there. <laughs> Yes, good to that, hear. That's dead air, Warren. No, well... No, no, keep going. Just no, please, no. Bear with me. I'm <laughs> naturally red. I'm naturally sunburnt. I'm naturally sunburnt. Yeah. So what can I do and about it? And you carry it very well, Warren. Mm. Anyway, he does, he yeah. does. But I'm a bit shocked, Carlos, because I know, um, you I almost know. look like Warren's twin brother I tonight. I know. I made a mistake. I was at a shoot today. and uh, a film shoot. Yeah, film shoot today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it was grey sky. I was out there working yeah. away. UV, Carlos. Focusing the camera, you know, getting the talent you know, organised. And suddenly my cameraman said to me, you know, you're going to be... Beat right there. <laughs> Didn't bring the captain. Yeah, the message. Slip, sl- Kitty's out there. I know you're listening to us illegally with your little tranny in the uh, under their in, pillow. Under the pillow. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong slip, with that. Slip, slop, slap. Okay, wear your cap. Uh, don't do what Carlos did today. That's right. But anyway, you'll be fine. Yeah. You know, good. Uh, <laughs> good olive skin there. You'll be fine in a, in, by by tomorrow, I think. But hey, we've got a big show tonight. Uh, we with thanks to. Uh, a tax talk best on plumbing in the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping. Thanks to our sponsors. They do a great job for the Diego's. We're going to be talking expansion mm. very, very soon. Uh, the Tasmanian expansion with a spokesperson uh, from that group. And we're also going to talk about uh, what happened uh, last night in Thailand, yeah. which uh, which will have uh, opinions. Can I say, on. Rodrigo, <laughs> yes, you can I say. know around this Socceroos thing that Carlos will... He'll overreact to this. He'll 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 hyperize the worry around hyperize. the soccer eyes. I'm just going to dissect the whole thing. Whereas me, I'm staying the true course with them. <laughs> Mind you, I will say mm. the disappointment of being on the couch with my wife at one o'clock in the morning and having to go to bed after that performance. It's hardly inspiring. It's just oh, so you're already dis- dismembering the the whole thing. Oh no! I haven't even started. You're having a Did go. Did you at stay it. up with your wife on the couch till one no, o'clock? No, my in wife the went to bed. I watched well, the whole thing. Well, we were thing. together at one o'clock yeah. in the morning yeah. watching that. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Um, Vinny, you just quickly you watched it, didn't you? You were tweeting at that 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 hour. Can I just say I am more disappointed about the uh, the performance last night than I am about Trump becoming president of the <laughs> USA. Oh, so am I. <laughs> So am I. Seriously. And, you know, Vinny, out of all of us, I mean, you're, you're, the, most, me. you're, you're the most even-tempered. When I walked into the green room tonight, you were, you were ready to go, uh, some of those players. Uh, and Ange, too. I mean, you turned, Vinny. I, I didn't say anything bad about Ange yet, but uh, yeah, I could. Anyway. zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 98 Send us your text message tonight. We'd love to hear from you, especially around the Socceroos. But uh, we'll catch up with Mike McGrath mm. as well a little bit, little bit later on with what's been happening in the UK, of course. They've played a couple of games, one against Scotland and the other one against Spain. So um, mixed results there for, for Mike McGrath coming up a little bit later on. So looking very much forward to that. And um, look, we'll also talk about, uh, 
you know, Stevie G uh, might be. Uh, I threw it. I threw it. You talk about the expansion. I, we had a session with uh, a representative of the South Melbourne bid on uh, on Andy Mars' show yesterday, and that went off too. So I think everyone's talking expansion, but we did touch on the possibility of Stevie G. Now he's finished up at LA Galaxy, maybe coming to Melbourne Victory. Now we're making we're making up that rumor, by the way. Uh, so uh, we just you know like to throw it out there and see what people think if they're as excited as, as what we might be. Absolutely. Uh, come on, boys, let's get into it. It's 10 past 11. Dragged, bagged, slagged, lost your rag, absolutely shagged, you've not had a happy game? Let's take an early shower with Rodrigo Rodriguez. You said well, I had an early, I had an early shower last night about one. <laughs> I needed a, I needed a, well, yeah. I needed just to put my head under a yep. running shower after the Socceroos uh, drew with Thailand um, at uh, in Bangkok, guys, and uh, we needed two penalties to uh, mm. to get a point out of this game. So it put our, uh, you know, we could have been on top of Group B had we taken the three points, which we really expected, of course. But uh, we sit in third spot now behind uh, Saudi Arabia and Japan and on equal points with the United Arab Emirates. So, uh, yeah, a bit of work to do. So yep. it's not, not a lay down as there, boys. So let's let's start with this. What did you Firstly, um, what did you think? Can of I just say how fantastic the ties were? Oh, you can, absolutely. They, they did were. it for their king, uh, who passed away uh, very recently, and uh, and also the population. They certainly they, they were as inspired as I've seen any team, mm. and they played probably the you know, career best football, mm. uh, all of them. Uh, and they had some terrifically skilled players, and it was I mean it looked very humid over there, and the ground wasn't great, so everything suited them, but they made it happen. So congratulations to our Thai friends out there. Um, I know that's a really difficult time for them. They loved their king. And uh, it was a very difficult time for them, so they, I was really pleased for them. And I sort of sensed a little bit, maybe some of the Socceroos were very pleased for them also, even though they were very disappointed. But, but generally, I, I honestly think that the, that the I got worried. I mean, people talk about maybe overtraining beforehand. Uh, the players came from Europe and the conditions didn't help them. We, we weren't uh, as, uh, as aggressive as usual. But the thing that worried me the most in that game last night, was the distance between our defence and our attack. The space in the midfield, we just weren't compact at all. And I think that is just a lot to do with, it might be attitude, I'd be worried if it was attitude, but it may well have had a lot to do with um, the the way we play, the pressing game that we play. It, it takes a lot out of the players. And uh, maybe some of the players just didn't have the legs to do it. I'm not sure, but... It, it, it just that distance really between our our lines really did uh, allow the ties to start playing some really great interchange stuff in the middle of the park, which really ripped us apart sometimes. Look, uh, to me, it it was clear that the ties wanted it more than we did, and they worked hard for it, and they had the cr- the crowd behind them, and and I love the screaming every time they went forward, mm. and uh, Matty Ryan was was going to get the ball passed back to him as sweeper keeper and and they were very excited about that but technique i mm. i was appalled by our turnovers and the sloppy play i don't think the pitch helped us at all i thought it was a horrible pitch it was spongy i don't know but the the bottom line is the ties managed the same conditions yep. much better than us and they looked classier than us and they looked more polished than us and that's why I'm upset. And they played on the same pitch. And they were there, they were there too. Because initially <laughs> I thought about the pitch too, because I, I saw the clumps of turf yep. you know, being lifted every time you know, a player fell to his knees. But uh, 
then the way they just they just knocked the ball around. They played. Yeah. They they were actually irresistible. But guys like uh, Rogic, um, Moy, Cruz made made a number of mistakes last night as well. I just just thought uh, they were, yeah. they looked heavy legged. You know they they, yeah. they look well. That that's you know the, the, we talk about the space between the lines. You don't do as much running if you're more compact. Uh, the interchange of the passing is a shorter passing range. Uh, when you're pressing, you're pressing all together, so you're pressing in, you know, in shorter distances. But because people were running 20 and 30 metres to press a ball and people behind them weren't following in, uh, it just it almost – they were doing three times more running than the ties were. And, uh, and, and we were troubled by the pace of the ties all over the park too. That's the other thing. I just think we've lacked – we've lacked any penetration in the last couple of games. I mean – the slowness of the pace against Japan was again reflected in... Totally different game, though. It was. But the other thing I'll say, I don't know as much as Ange. I probably know slightly less. But I think he got the selection wrong. Well, For the this... life of me, why McLaren plays over Burns is a... Sorry. Well, no, no, not, don't be sorry because that was the next... It's my Q&A, so um, that was the next question. What did you think of selections? Now, I think he got it totally... Now... Totally wrong? Totally or, wrong. Go to Warren yeah. first, Rodrigo. I'll go to Warren first. I was just about to, but uh, what do you think, Warren? Tell I just me. don't understand how Mark Milligan isn't starting and full time. Yeah, I don't understand. Over who? Milly, uh, over Yednak, simple. Uh, well, he's a captain. Yednak's a oh. captain. He scored two goals last night. Could have had a hat trick if with a bit of luck. Warren so, doesn't think those goals should count. Well, I don't think they count in, <laughs> in the column. You know, no. I, you know, you get a lot of stuff off social media while the game's on. You know, what the hell's Millet doing on it? Ange picks him first for a reason. And we don't even have to understand that reason. He picks well, him first. He doesn't pick him because he loves him. He doesn't pick him because he wants to lose the game. He picks him because there's value there. I don't really see it all the time when he's got the in possession of the ball. I think he turns over the ball way too many times, but he must give something that we don't see because Ange picks him and he's a captain. When Burns and Milligan came on, yeah, Burn, I personally Burn, thought Burns, there was a change Milli, straight For away. me, Milligan should play, right, every time. Find a spot for him somewhere, even if it's a centre-back, full-back, whatever. You need someone like Milligan. He's a great player. Burns has let us down many times. But he looked he, he was he, better than absolutely, McLaren. Absolutely. He did his job. He had impact last night. But he doesn't deliver that all the time. And by the way, he doesn't score enough Burns. And no Tim Cale. I, don't, I can understand why. You've got to move on. But in that situation last night, he was the player to have. He, he wouldn't have been. Because, I, they, because they were so spread all over the park, it would have been back. It was almost touch of the Ossiak days where the boys just – there was no shape to our game at all. Now, I don't – I'd like – I hope it was just the conditions, the fatigue, and the ties running us off our legs. But if it was attitude, as you suggested in the chain, in the, uh, in the green room, no, Warren, said, is there problems is in there the camp? Is there problems in the camp? Because in the end, nine days of preparation should have meant a, a great performance, shouldn't it? The next question I've got is, is there a problem in the camp? <laughs> <laughs> Worried? Of course there's not. I mean, that's me just trying to be a tad controversial. And I don't think there is. But this was meant to be the game that was going to maybe be the best game based on the quality of the perform you know, the quality of the perform the practice and the time that he had with the squad. And it ended up being completely the opposite, which is hard to understand. But, but was it a waste of time given that we had Milos Dejanek on um on our show last week. Thursday night, on, yeah. Thursday, was it? Yeah, we were, oh, we were, yeah Thursday yeah. night, that's right. And he suggested that 
the training session we saw, they were swimming. It was almost a swimming That's pool right. on the ground. That's right. What sort of training are you going to get on that? I wonder if they got quality training over that time. Let's go to uh, Wes, who's called in from Sunbury. He wants to talk about squad selection. G'day, Wes, and welcome to the Diego's. Yeah, hi, boys. How are you? Yeah, very well, um, mate. Look, I know it's a disappointing result, but I think it's a, a wood from the trees scenario. You know, like I, I think Ange needs to be credited for um, daring to expand the, the squad and give exposure at that level to, you know, like, yeah, um, McLaren's. And I, I think it's a good move. And, you know, you get a bit of pain out of that sometimes. It's an overseas draw. It's not a disaster. Mm. And, you know, some guys got some experience that, yeah. you know, can only help with the, the long haul. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not panicking over what happened, Wes. It's, it was a forgettable night for the boys. But it is part of their growth, isn't it? I mean, we've got five games to go in this second half, three of which are at home. Um, and if we win all those games, we're through no problem. Even if we don't win all of them and uh, we don't lose uh, and get the majority of them as wins, we'll still be very close to being first or second. So um, for me, it's not panic stations, but what it does mean that there's still a lot of work to do. And by the way, everyone raving about someone like Brad Smith, he's no guarantee. No. You know, his choices sometimes on the park. I mean, there's a few guys that went missing last night. Uh, and their poor, poor decision making. A few of them might be on the st- a spotlight. Someone like Alecki, uh, Cruz, obviously. Um, you know, Brad Smith, uh, Degenek. I think uh, he was sort of caught out a bit. In, uh, look, I, I don't. I, I'm a bit loath to have a crack at the back four because of the lack of support they had from the marauding. They were great. Yeah, you know, really, they were great. just cutting us through because yeah. there's so much space in that middle of the park that suddenly the back four. Was, uh, was under pressure. But Matty Ryan was fantastic last night, so that saved us a bit. Look, I, I agree with Wes. I think uh, Ange has to be applauded for his vision, but I think the frustration for Ange is that he, he does have a game plan and he has a strategy and a philosophy, but we, we stuff it up and that hurts us. And we can't keep doing that, Rodrigo. Mm. There you go. Send us your text messages. I agree with you, Vinny Venezuela. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We've got a through. Uh, got a few here. We'll get through those. But uh, we've got a very special guest at twenty past eleven. I'm not saying that Tassie should not be admitted yes, to the are. A League. I'm you just are. saying free to wear TV imperatives will overtake here what's necessarily good for the game. There you go. That was last week between uh, Carlos and Warren. I won that debate. Well, <laughs> well, well, let's let's have a chat to a man who's, uh, you know, basically at the uh, forefront of a, a bit from Tasmania because the prospect of entry into the A League, um, you know, it's it's on everybody's lips. You know, clubs like Brisbane Strikers, South Melbourne, Geelong, South Sydney, they've all shown interest. But another one that's got our attention, especially because, uh, you know, Tasmania is. You know, obviously, everyone thinks that it's an AFL state, and uh, but it's got some pretty good football heritage. Um, but that was a bid that really got our attention as well, obviously, the South Melbourne one. But uh, joining us tonight is a Tasmanian bid spokesman, Barrister Greg Barnes. G'day, Greg, and welcome to the Four Diego's. Well, uh, welcome, guys. I should not I should say I'm not actually a bid spokesman, but I'm very supportive of the bid, and uh, I know a fair bit about it, and I'm very happy to talk about it. Well, you're speaking tonight, so uh, okay. just for tonight, you can be the... Yeah, well, you're a Tasmanian. That's enough, Greg. You don't... <laughs> yeah, and you're a barrister, so I'm not going to argue with you. Um, so, but but I'll, I'll let Warren ask the first question. Greg, I'll be, I'll be frank with you, because I can be honest with you. If the AFL's not interested in having a team in Tasmania... Why should the A-League consider a bid from Tasmania? Look, I think that's a very good question, Warren, and I think um, 
my view, and I should just, with the background for your listeners and for you guys, is I'm um, just about to stand down as president of an AFL club down there, um, which plays in the, the, the equivalent of the VFL, which is the, the elite league in Tasmania, Hobart City Demons. Um, we've been very supportive of the bid, and in fact, North Hobart Oval, um, which is an iconic uh, place to play sport in Tasmania, would be the home of any Tasmanian team, and we've backed that. And in fact, um, as stepping down as chair, I'm very tend to get involved more heavily with the bid in Tasmania. So that's the background. Uh, to answer your question, um, I think, in my view, the AFL has taken Tasmania for granted for far too long. That's the view of a lot of Tasmanians. That's the view of people, for example, like Tim Lane in The Age, who comes from Tasmania. Uh, if you look at uh, the Hobart Hurricanes in the, um, in the, 20, the T20 competition, uh, it has been remarkably successful. Uh, and gets terrific crowds to games, Tasmanians will back a team which is Tasmanian. If you're playing the A-League over effectively the summer months, um, I think you're going to do exceptionally well. Um, We've certainly seen in Tasmania, um, when you've had um, A-League sides come down, I, in fact, went to the last game, which was at North Hobart Oval, which was a pre-season game, I think, between Victory and uh, one of the Sydney teams. You had a very good crowd there. Um, uh, football uh, uh, has a huge following. That is uh, not AFL, but uh, but football has a huge following in Tasmania. I think it would do very well. Greg, it's Carlos. Uh, apparently, uh, from media reports, uh, Robert Beltecki, one of the uh, yep. investors in this uh, former Victory uh, director and also Harry Stamoulis, also a Victory director, have already met with the FFA on uh, you know, on behalf of this bid. Yep. Uh, what have they walked away? Obviously, you know, you get the you know the early indications about what the FFA might want in a in an expansion club, and also you guys get a chance to sort of maybe briefly present what you're all about. What did you guys walk away with from that uh, meeting, given that everything seems to be about broadcast appeal, what the free-to-wear possible partners down the track might want? Look, uh, I, I didn't go to the, the, the bid, and I met those guys when they came to Tasmania, and they impressed me, both of them, um, as really knowing their game. And uh, they come from, obviously, a very successful club in victory. Um, the local component of that, uh, Ken and Vicky Morton at South Hobart uh, Football Club, which has been an extraordinarily successful club, and Ken runs a soccer school down there and has done very well. Uh, they've put together, I think, a very good bid, which has the following attributes. Um, firstly, you've got pretty, you've got key backing from Andrew Wilkie, the independent member for Denison, the federal member. You've got the Premier on side. You've got the media on side. And I think you've got to see Tasmania this way, guys, that it, it, it's a brand. Um, and what's the appeal if I'm, you know, in the free-to-air market and I'm wanting to market my product in the free-to-air market? Tasmania has enormous appeal, um, not just because you've got a, an audience of 500,000 people, um, and but secondly, um, uh, Tasmania, of course, itself is a terrific brand. Uh, you know, one of the things that Hawthorne has very successfully leveraged off in its time in Tasmania in, in the north of the state has been the brand. Uh, it's done exceptionally well. And uh, that's why it's renewed, uh, you know, keeps renewing its time down there. So I think you've got to see Tasmania in a, in a twofold way. Firstly, as a market uh, for the free-to-air market. But secondly, uh, and it's a discrete market of half a million people, but secondly, I think you've got to see Tasmania as a brand itself. Greg, Vinny Venezuela here. I want to, if, if the AFL aren't willing to touch Tasmania, why should the A-League go down that road? And is there any sense of the bums on seats factor, like we don't want a far north yeah. Queensland scenario where we've, we've got a team 
some way, but we don't really get a crowd or atmosphere yeah. or any look, longevity. Look, I, I, look, Vinny, can I just say to you that in relation to crowds, um, I've got no doubt you would get extremely good crowds. I'll give you the example, as I say, that the Hobart Hurricanes, which play in the, the T20 comp, which is not really my thing, but I, what I do know is when they play their games at Bell Reeve over the summer months, they pack it out. Um, can I also say, I remember when the Tassie Mariners played in the VFL, um, which was the, which was the, you know, effectively the, the state team. Um, I regularly went to those games. They regularly got, um, six, seven, eight, ten thousand people at their games. I remember some of the finals down there playing against Geelong and other teams, you know, ten, twelve thousand people at Bell Reef. You know, Tasmanians will support a team that's theirs. In answer to your question, you know, why would the A-League go there when the AFL won't? Um, as I've said to you, my view is the AFL takes Tasmania for granted. The AFL says this is a rusted-on AFL state. Um, our expansion markets are Western Sydney, you know, southeast Queensland. Um, in my view, uh, there is a real opportunity because there's, there's a sense in, amongst Tasmanians that they have been taken for granted. But secondly, have a look at the have a look at the seasons. The seasons are different. Yes, there's some crossover, but you've effectively got from October to what is it goes about May, I think your finals are. Uh, so you've got some crossover in the early part of the AFL season, but you've got those summer months where in Tasmania we've had we've just had a test match there, but that's a one-off. We get we get the a few T20 games. There's the tennis over the Christmas period, and that's it. So you've got a sports-hungry public, and Tasmanians love their sport. Um, turning up at you know at, at uh, North Hobart there on a Sunday afternoon in the middle of summer, fantastic. You you will get. I'll, I'll tell you now. You you will get your eight, nine, ten, twelve thousand people there. Greg, do you get? Um, there is a sense of momentum building around expansion of the A League, and it's probably going to happen faster than what we may have imagined it to be, and that's seemingly on the basis of looking to get a free-to-air television deal. Is there a sense that the Tasmanian bid is advanced enough that if licences become formally available, that they would be in a position to be able to, to go after a licence and, and, and put up a case that's going to, to make them certainly competitive with particularly the second-team options or the third-team options that are most likely going to be the ones that may be seen in the forefront of getting a licence? Uh, my view on it is that uh, I think when it started, and again, look, I'm an outsider on this, guys. I've met with the bidders, and uh, I'm very close to it in the sense of saying that, you know, uh, we, we've, I've been very supportive of North Hobart Oval being used, and as I step down as chair of this football club, I want to get more involved. But So I'm coming a little bit from the outside, but my, so maybe I can answer your question better. My impression is that the bid started off as uh, no one taking much notice, but it it, but it's built. The Mercury newspaper, uh, which is the biggest newspaper in the state, in Hobart, reported last week that it had taken the A-League um, people by surprise, how good the bid was. But when I look at who's in the bid, uh, you know, the guys you mentioned earlier who I met, um, when I look at that bid and the amount of work that's gone into that bid, I'm not surprised. It's a very, very professional bid. And I, I think the fact that you've got um, government support is very important. There wouldn't be many other bids around Australia. You guys know this league much better than me. There wouldn't be many other bids, I think, that where you've got you know the state government and 
the local federal MP who has some clout now in a very tight federal parliament, as we know, saying, you know, look, we really want to get on board and make this work. I think the other point, of course, is there's no competition in Tasmania. Um, the summer months, if the A-League, if David Gallup and those guys look at the summer months, as I just said a minute ago, there's no competition in terms of other sports. There's no competition in terms of other clubs. You know, we, we're not competing with, you know, with rugby um, over the summer, right? Super rugby, we're not competing with uh, any other uh, code of football over those summer months. And I think that that is a, a great advantage to Tasmania. But my impression is that the, that the bid, which I think initially... Uh, was met with some scepticism because of the heavy hitters behind it, because of the professionalism of the bid. I think the view being taken, certainly in Tasmania, is we're in with a chance. Greg, one last one before we let you go. Uh, there is a model that's being sort of uh, offered by a lot of people looking at, uh, you know, the the importance of uh, short-term expansion and also the uh, the ability for places like Canberra and like Tasmania to really prove their metal in the professional football, uh, you know, environment by maybe having a full-time second division, a national second division, where where you know, you know, these areas or these regions where they're really really keen to build something like the Tassies, like the Canberra's, like the North Queensland's, and they and they get ten years to to run a professional club to see how it goes, whilst at the same time, as David Gallup has kept on saying, fish where the fish are, and uh, maybe have your immediate clubs in Sydney and Melbourne. Is that a model that you guys might contemplate, or is that something that you you wouldn't even uh, you know uh, look at, given that you want to be straight in the A League? Sure. So what you're saying is really coming into the Victorian Premier League or that next league down. Oh, I would say no, a national second division, of, like it's second, almost, yeah, it's like sorry, a, an A league, but a, a second sorry, division. But yeah. it's full time. Uh, so, but it's, so, yeah. so that's what happened really with the Tassie Devils in in the um, sorry, I meant I said the Mariners earlier. I meant the Tassie Devils, which were the uh, the VFL team. That's effectively the Devils model, and it was extremely successful. Um, they won, uh, they were a very, very good side and they produced a lot of AFL players who then went on into uh, play AFL and so they were a great feeder for the AFL. So that's a model that works. But the only thing I'd say, and, and, and I think Tasmania, um, I mean, I have heard um, over the year, over the past couple of years, um, talk of, uh, of teams in Tasmania trying to play, for example, in the Victorian Premier League. It, I think my impression of football in Tasmania is it does need to take a step up because uh, at the moment, I'm told, what happens is if you're really talented in Tasmania, you've basically got to go to Melbourne to go anywhere. So it does need that next level. Um, would that be a compromised position? Uh, it, it may well be. It may well be. Having said that, I think the view in Tasmania is that that happens a lot. You know, Tasmania gets left with, oh, well, you know, we'll give you guys 10 years somewhere else and see if you can prove yourself. But I think we've proved with cricket um, over the past uh, 20 years that, you know, Tasmania, despite its small population, has been an extraordinarily competitive team in shield cricket. Uh, as I say, the, the Hobart Hurricanes have been very, very successful in T20. There's no reason why a Tasmanian-based team could not be highly successful. And, guys, look, I'll leave you with this. I mean, the, one of the most successful teams in the world uh, in any code of football has been the Green Bay Packers uh, up in, uh, I think, Wisconsin in, in the US, you know, in a town of 30,000 people. You know, just because you're based in a small population does not mean you can't be highly successful. And there is a real hunger in Tasmania for elite league sport. I think it's a great opportunity for the A-League. My view is, uh, and I'll repeat what I said at the start, I think the AFL takes this state for granted. It's taken it for granted for too long. 
uh, it won't give Tasmanians uh, their own AFL team, and uh, there's a lot of resentment about that. I think David Gallup uh, could really feed off that and turn that into a positive with a very professional A-League team with the current team that's at the helm. Greg, can you just confirm, for the away games, do they put the team bus on the ferry? <laughs> I, I think I've heard of aeroplanes, mate. <laughs> and we've got an idea for your number one ticket holder. We think Jackie Lambie will be a very good... Um... Well, I haven't. I, I, get, I, I actually get on pretty well with Jackie. Well, there you go. I, I don't always agree with Jackie, I've got to say, guys, but I, I, I get on all right with it. But certainly I know Andrew Wilkie's very keen on, uh, on uh, football. And uh, look, to be fair, the Premier, Will Hodgman... Uh, uh, has been very supportive of the bid. But, look, I think that, you know, guys, the guys who came down and presented me uh, with the bid uh, when they came and met with, with our football club, I've got to say, I was stunned by their professionalism. As in, uh, these, these are guys, Tim Bullis and these guys, they really know what they're doing. And uh, I think it's a great uh, credit to Tasmania that uh, uh, and to them uh, that they have the foresight to see that this could be a terrific opportunity. But I, again, I know I've said it a number of times, I'll just leave you with this. I think the AFL's taken the state for granted. I'm not the only one who says it, and I think there's a real opportunity for uh, for football uh, to, to get down there. We'll see how it plays out, Greg. Thanks for your time tonight, and uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Thanks, Greg. You. Thanks, guys. There's Thank Greg you. Barnes, uh, not the spokesperson, for um, <laughs> but speaks well on behalf yeah. of that Tasmanian bid for an A-League uh, team in the future. Let's take a break, come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Football is like a religion to me. I worship the ball and treat it like a god. Too many players think of a football as something to kick. They should be taught to caress it and treat it like a precious gem. This has been a hot and sweaty but strangely arousing Pelé moment by the four Diego's. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. We're here for the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping. It starts in 2017 and it's open for enrolments right now. For more details, call 9409-8800. Check out their website, the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping. Hey, uh, interesting conversations. Marie says off the text, Hi guys, Tasmania, Canberra and South Melbourne should all be in the A-League. I love Marie. Expansionist. I love Marie. But that sounds a second division to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind the idea of a... Professional of a second, second division. division, why not? You know, if you just can't... These clubs are coming from maybe having three or 4,000 people maximum coming to their games right now. They have probably one or two full-time people running their club. All the rest are volunteers. To be in the A-League these days, having gone to Melbourne Victory and Melbourne City in the last couple of weeks and also Sydney FC, these are businesses now. Fifty full-time people course, are working. Yeah, right. I mean, it's a it's a it's a huge it's a huge endeavour to get into in such a short period of time. So, uh, prove yourself in the second division, and then we can start talking I, promotion and relegation because yeah, you know what we're going to get. According to you, Carlos, we might as well just put five teams in Melbourne, five teams in Sydney, a team in Adelaide, a team in Perth. Fish where the te- fish are, Warren. And, and that is just Thanks, that's David. not a national competition. Fish, that's a joke. Fish where the fish are. So, Carlos, if if you're a third team in Melbourne. Yep. There's the same. Why don't Why don't you go? Why can't they go? If why the, shouldn't they go to a second if, division? No, if the third team in Melbourne is Geelong, mate, put them straight in. Straight in. Because for me, they'll get their fifteen thousand in Geelong. What about South Melbourne? South Melbourne. You know, 
it was a big, big discussion on Andy Marr's segment with us the other day, and I have softened a little bit on the old NSL clubs. You mean changed your mind? You normally no, no, no. (laughs) They have to still prove it to me, but this idea of a ready-made club with with a history, um, if they if they really pass a lot of stringent tests and criteria, uh, they could be a possibility. But for me, the next team in Melbourne should come out of Geelong. And I think that'll be a, a winner. It'll be, a, for me, not a West Sydney Wanderers, but it'll be that type of uh, clamouring to be involved with that. And the other one has to be in Sydney. That's the immediate two. But I'd like to see another one in Adelaide. The derby in Adelaide would be huge. And uh, another one in Perth. For me, that would be huge. Maybe Brisbane, but I've always been a bit funny about Brisbane. But Perth, a Perth derby? And what do they call them over there? Showdowns? Derby. Derbies? Well, they call them derbies. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, well yeah. Whereas ours is derby. The showdowns in Adelaide. Yeah, that's right. Ours is derby, right? Yeah. Yes, that's they'll correct, Rodrigo. They'll fill Subiaco or whatever, they, whatever the big stadium is there. Apropos uh, Adelaide and, and quoting Vidmar, would it be the Pissant Derby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably would be. Yeah. But all these other, like Canberra, um, Tassie, uh, North Queensland, yeah, all yeah. the ones who are knocking on the door. Patronising. Just put them in a second division. It, it, what, is, what they call it is business, <laughs> Warren. You call it's it patronising, I call I it business. It's a sport, it's not a business. business. It's a sport. And by the way, those clubs then, you can be very confident about promotion and relegation if you get, if you get 10 teams in this national second division that proves it. There you go, Carlos. Right on cue there. Uh, I forgot to tell very you that it is the cue. You are very disciplined tonight. Very disciplined. Uh, no yellow cards. Just going through some text messages here during the Q&A. Uh, on the uh, Thailand game, of course, last night with the Socceroos, uh, Mark from uh, North Baldwin sent us two in. Cruz lacking a regular game and shows, and uh, Yedinax only in because he's the best beard. He's got the <laughs> best beard. But, um, so there you go. So Robbie, Robbie Cruz looked a bit rusty last night. He's a damn good player, but he's not playing enough. And he hasn't played enough uh, football, club football for a while. And that's he, his problem. He used to penetrate more. He's, he's just yeah. a little bit uh, reluctant, I think, to go forward. Leckie, was, Leckie could have had the game of, of his life if he'd scored within that first three minutes. 37 but, games now, Vinny, for Australia, scored three goals. So you're hard on, you're hard on Nathan Burns, but I, I actually think that when Nathan Burns is on the pitch, more things happen. I, I agree that he needs to put put a few more be, in but the back of the net. We've but, got uh, we've got a lot of great good players, by the way, but a lot of nearly men in front of goals. Burns, he's a nearly man. Uh, Leckie's a nearly man. Cruz is a nearly man, and we don't we don't need nearly men. We need men who do, and make it happen. Speaking about uh, somebody who's not a nearly man, it's Stephen Gerrard. Now let's mm. move on. Uh, we even beat the whistle then, so that, that's a very good thing. <laughs> you're um, a nearly, you're a nearly broadcaster too, Carlos. Oh, that's just very quietly. Warren, there's no need for oh, that. this one. This next seg- this next little <laughs> discussion is all nearly. about you, by the way. So Stevie yeah. Gerrard's. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, we've created this rumor. <laughs> People are starting to believe what I've. I started this rumor on Andy Mars segment uh, on Tuesday. And now we're talking about because it. Stevie Gerrard has left. It's been announced that he's leaving LA Galaxy. Right. Yep. And he's thinking about his future. Now, he's got an opportunity to maybe coach, but he's saying that's not necessarily going to take. Surely, do your sums, guys. And I have done my sums. (laughs) £200,000 a week he's getting uh, at the MLS or somewhere around that mark. Why doesn't Victory go and find six mil? Go and find six mil. Bring him here. And I think, you know, the businessman in me, I think merchandising, I think membership, I think the media around it, every everything else, you throw events, you know, dinner dances. <laughs> call it six million dollars, you'll get it back. Warren? That's gotta excite you. 
For how many how many games, Carlos? For the rest of the season, you got to get right. him soon. soon. Before, Christmas. Him soon. Before Christmas, and get him for the second half of the season. Can I say I, six mil? This is how much I feel. You know, I've I've got a new Liverpool shirt on because <laughs> they finished top, and it was actually last year's thing. It's got his number on the back, so I'm still connected. But I'd actually find it personally distressing. <laughs> yeah, I was say, would you jump off City and no, become I a well Vicky fan? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Stevie G become the enemy. Yeah. So, would you, would you me, wear a oh, victory look, t- shirt with his number on it, though? Yeah, I might. I might. I might do that. Look, I've Jeez, got. I've got no tormented. doubt. I've got no doubt. He's one of the few players that you could bring to this country. That, the tangible rise in crowd directly related to him would be huge. I mean, you said there was sixty thousand Liverpool fans would go to the game against Victory. We got ninety five, and I would actually think that, you know, is that because of him? Oh. Because it wasn't because of that Liverpool team. No, that was Liverpool team was, was garbage, him. right? It was him and the, it was and him. the Liverpool concept. And the song. And the it's song. The song. There you go. You almost got frightened into stopping then, uh, Warren. Thanks for no, that. No, no, I just chose hey, to stop. But, but, should, but should, I think this is good enough to be able to surpass the whistle a little bit here. Come on, Carlos. Yeah. Surpass. Six million, guys. Yeah, I think it's worth That's doing. Two. I think it's worth yep. doing. Now, I, you know, I don't work at a club or anything like that. But really, if you talk about four million for Timmy Cale... Uh, six million for the second half. Do you half reckon of this year? City would do it if they didn't have Tim Carl? I reckon they'd do it in a heartbeat. Well, they've probably got more capability of taking that risk. Yeah, it was just, money, it was just in badly. They'd be yeah. disappointed. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Just off the no text, one would uh, still zero, go. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Would you pay six million dollars for Stevie mm. Gerrard? Hey, well, thanks to Tax Talk, we love to talk tax. One three hundred three double six six three nine. If you want to get to your tax done, make sure you speak to Tax Talk. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of football. <laughs> Argentina's biggest and best supported club, Boca Juniors, were founded in 1905 by an Irishman named Patrick McCarthy and a group of Italian immigrants. The founding members, unable to decide what colours to play in, chose to adopt the national colours of the next ship to sail up the River Plate. The boat was Swedish, hence Boca's strip of blue and yellow. This has been a useless trivia moment by the Four Diegos. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. We're here with thanks to Best On Plumbing, Victoria's trusted plumbing and drainage experts for over 26 years. If you're looking for a job as a plumber, they're hiring right now. Give them a call on 1300 Best On or go to beston.net.au. They're a great company to work for. That's Best On Plumbing, great sponsor of the Diegos. Hey, uh, let's go to our man in the UK. G'day, Mike, and welcome to the show. Hi guys, thanks for having me on. Yeah, Rodrigo here, Vinny Venezuela, Warren's here as well, and so is Carlos Alberto Diego. Uh, yeah, Mike, um, straight to the um, to the really important questions. We know that uh, Gareth Southgate has indeed started his um, England coaching position with really good results. I'm, I'm positive about his results. I'm just a little bit disappointed about him instilling some off-field discipline in his <laughs> in his players, in particular his captain. How how would you rate the you know, the week that has been internationals for England. And is Southgate most likely to be given the job full-time? Uh, absolutely, 100%. He's he's the man, really. He's the man in waiting. Um, it's just a matter of time before he gets it. Um, it was a fantastic Friday for him. Beating Scotland 3-0 was exactly what he and the team and the country wanted. Um, since then... Um, unfortunately, the, uh, the the draw against Spain, even by 
his estimation felt like a defeat um, and uh, because of the goals coming in the last six minutes of uh, stoppage time. And then, obviously, the, the more pictures emerge post-match of, of Wayne Rooney. So questions are, are going to be asked now about him managing, uh, coaching and managing the, best, the big players um, because that, that has emerged as a, as a big story overnight. Mike Vinny here. So the, the Rooney escapades, which is good for the memoirs because, let's face it, he's got a five-book deal or something. <laughs> How is it going to go down with uh, Jose Mourinho? Um, I don't think it'll go down very well, really, <laughs> if, if I'm perfectly honest, because um, you know you, you have a situation where Wayne Rooney wasn't training over the weekend and was effectively ruled out with a knee injury. So what he was, what why he was still in and around the uh, the, the England camp um, being pictured. Um, uh, at, at a wedding like he was um, is que- is a question that needs to be you know, needs to be answered. Mike, it's Carlos. Uh, going back to the Manchester City camp, uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger was uh, frozen out by Jose Mourinho at the start of the year, and it looked like you know his his career had ended, but they weren't going to move him on, and he hadn't found another club, so he was just training with the reserves. But he's been recalled back to the seniors now and training with them. Is there some chance that he may regain a spot there in the in the senior team there for Man U, or is this all about just getting him in a shop window for a January sale? Yeah, I think it's really slim that he'll that he'll play. Um, certainly before the Swansea game, before the international break, uh, Jose was very quick to rule him out immediately, saying that he's not going to travel. He's back training but he's not going to travel and he's not going to be playing against Swansea which which happened um, so I think it's a case of him just keeping it ticking over and making sure that he is fit so that when the transfer window opens um, that he, he can go to MLS or, or to another another team in Europe however I would say you know if Jose is really unhappy and if he really is um, looking at um, if, if he really is looking at a shake-up, then you know what a message would that send to, to his players that he's willing to even pick uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger in his midfield against Arsenal. I really don't see that happening. I think there's too much at stake for Mourinho just to make a point. Um, but if that happened, you could see what he, you could see what the message, what that message would send out. Yeah, Mike, it's a really it's really interesting coming back off an international break, and I, I suppose. Talking from, say, a Liverpool perspective, probably, you know, Coutinho and, and Firmino have been playing really, really good for, for Brazil and, and Coutinho scored, I think, against, um, against Argentina. Do you think that this break changes momentum in terms of where teams are sitting, particularly with Arsenal and Manchester United being the teams that, that get the Premier League under, underway for the, for the first game after the break? Yeah, I think it's um, you know the the international break is kind of the bane of a lot of managers' lives, and you know it's no different here because Alexis Sanchez picked up a calf injury. It was a massive scare. Then he played against Uruguay, so we're going to have to see how he is. Eden Hazard are playing for Belgium. We don't know how uh, he's going to return. As, um, you know, there's reports of an injury there. 
Adam Lallana, I think, has been as effective as Fabinho and Coutinho for Liverpool, and it looks like he's out for the weekend. So um, it's a re- it, it could be a really pivotal one, this. Um, who can get their players uh, off the plane, patched up and ready for the weekend? Um, and I'd probably you know, brace yourself for a few managers having a bit of a moan because... Um, you know, they send them off in good faith and you could have some of the big stars of the Premier League coming back not 100% fit. Hey, Mike, uh, what's the uh, English Premier League without managers moaning? Thanks for your time tonight <laughs> and we'll catch up with you again next week. Cheers, guys. Speak to you soon. There's Mike McGrath from The Sun in the UK. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. On 1116 SEN, the four Diego's. The overnight crowd coming up after the Diego's with Scott Cooney. And we're back on uh, Friday night after the Wanderers Melbourne City Without game. Carlos. Without Carlos good. on Friday night. It is I might be ringing in from Brisbane, no, by the way. Please do. Please um, do. That, that would be uh, very good. We'd love to hear <laughs> your It's my show on Friday night. The Wanderers, uh, the Diego's are here when Melbourne City take on the Wanderers, of course. And then the victory take on uh, Wellington Phoenix in New Zealand. No, no, s- that's been called off. Oh, for of course, course it has. Yes, yes, yes. Earthquake. Earthquake. yes, yes. There's actually damage to the cake tin, which is disappointing. It is. Our poor Kiwi friends over there. There you go. That's it for this week's show. Big, big show tonight. So remember, Carlos. Where are Puerto Rican girls hang out? Where are they? Wherever you samba, rumba, and la bamba. Where are they? Where there are girls with fruit on their hand and balls at their feet. We'll be there. Wherever Gringos play football. We'll be there. We are the Four Diego. Olé!